This is Jeff Duncan from Auburn Saint, and you're listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Hey, this is Joey Vera from Armored Saint, and you're listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. What's up, everybody? John Bush from Armored Saint, and you're listening to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Turn it up. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck. And the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. All right, it's Dr. Fuck, and with me as always. Oh, yeah. That alcoholic that you just cannot help love, the adorable Wadzilla. That's true. It's very true. How you and doing? I'm doing great. What is it that Wang calls you again? The, the, he always says something adorable, Wadzilla. <laughs> yeah, the lovable, huggable. <laughs> yeah. No, you got the, the lovable, huggable Wadzilla and the doctor of all fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a great guest. And speaking of great guests, who do we have with us once again? Oh, my God. We have the incredible host of, ah, fuck, what's your show again? I <laughs> thought. <laughs> Damn good movie memories. Hell yeah. Thank you, Ian. No, yes. it's great to be back with the legendary Dr. Fuck and yes. the amazing and hilarious Wadzilla. I forgot to tell these good people your name. Brian Davis. There you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. And Brian, Brian was previously a guest. This is this is for his second donation. He was here for the incredible Pride and Glory episode, and that was a hell of an episode. And this one, I, I think, could be even better. So Brian once again delivers... He uh, donated for this show, and the past show was Pride and Glory, an album I absolutely love. And here he goes again with another album I absolutely love, Revelation from Armored Saint, the reunion album. Yes. Which I was very happy. I I, I like people that donate and, you know, and don't ask for the cure. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that, Nate? (laughs) Tell us, Brian, how did you discover Armored Saint and then... This album, unless this was the album that you discovered them. Actually, uh, it isn't, but it's the first album that I remember um, really anticipating because they had already been broken up um, or on hiatus when I got into them. So I actually discovered them through John Bush era Anthrax. And so my buddy, um, he was like, well, if you like John Bush, you've heard Armored Saint, right? And I'm like, no, because I was too young to experience it during the 80s. And so he said, well, you got to listen to the first four Armored Saint albums because they're tremendous. And I did. And I just became a huge, huge fan. So fast forward to like 1999. You know, I heard that Anthrax was on hiatus and they were record. I think Scotty Ian and Charlie Bonani were doing a new S.O.D. record, which I think yes. became bigger than the devil. Yes, and then, sir. yeah. And then Armored Saint was then kind of reintroduced with John Bush and they were recording Revelation. And so I just remember really this was the, the the album i was anticipating and i was not disappointed at all because it was just everything i wanted and, and everything i've been hoping for and uh, i was lucky enough to see them on this tour at a really tiny club where in uh, san jose california dude i was there at the cactus club i swear to god i was there holy shit i flew probably... i flew yeah. to see that show yes it had when you walk in it had pool tables Yep. And on the right is the stage. You go into another room, and there was it's a stage. Maybe, maybe held 200 people, if that. I That's don't know. amazing, dude. We were at the same show. Yeah, and, awesome. and, and you know, you 
brought up in the past, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, it was, if you really loved a band, you re really got to see these great bands, you know, in intimate venues. And this was a perfect um, example of that. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Yep, I actually had to fly because they weren't coming to Florida. And yeah. I knew a girl at the time that lived uh, in San Jose, so I went and stayed with her. So, uh, Ian, yes. uh, how'd you get into Armored Saint? I know you listened to this album recently, you already said. Oh, oh yeah, T today, actually, just before the show, was the first time I heard it in its entirety. I went, uh, I put every Armored Saint in my phone, but I've got, like, fucking 1,300 albums on there. So I'd heard one or two songs... And I can't even remember the one I heard, but I remember telling you, like, hey, I heard this really awesome Armored Saint song off of Revelation. And you're like, oh, yeah, I love that one. Now I can't remember which one it was. But, uh, you know, I think I said it before on the Anthrax ones, uh, episodes we've done, uh, probably The Sound of White Noise, I had heard of Armored Saint. Uh, but kind of when I got into metal, they had already kind of, I would say, peaked in popularity. And, you know, they, they had, I, I think they suffered, be it management, or they were on Chrysalis Records, which was probably, wasn't a great place for a metal band to be. But I, I never saw their videos all that much. And then, of course, introduced to, uh, to John with Anthrax. And I just, I fell in love with this guy's voice. I still think he's one of the greatest metal singers of all time. Yeah. I, I mean, really, I, I just, this guy is amazing. And I can't tell you why... I never went back and, and checked out Armored Saint. And this is an album I know because I was such, you know, a John Bush fan. I remember picking this up one day at Best Buy. But I would do this all the time. I would go into Best Buy and, you know, I would, like, pick up, like, four CDs and walk around with them. Knowing that I only have money for two. You know, and some albums would end up getting put back. And this is one that ended up getting put back. Mm. The, the, the first... Um, Armored Saint album that I ever heard all the way through was La Rasa. And I love that one, but still, for, for whatever reason, I mean, I have no good explanation. I still really didn't go back and start checking the shit out until, you know, uh, you know, you and me became friends, Ralph, and I went back and uh, I, I got very familiar with March of the Saint, but I still, uh, well, well, the, actually, the first one you turned me on to that is probably my favorite of all time is Symbol of Salvation. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love that fucking album. And went back to it up, uh, March of the Saint. But I still, you know, I'm not that familiar with Delirious Nomad or Rising Fear. Um, I don't, I, I, or Raising Fear. Uh, I, I still don't think I've heard Win Hands Down all the way through. Great. Uh, yeah, definitely check that out. But it, it, it's one of those things like, I, I, I don't know why. It's just because I have so much shit in my head and I, I get on tangents and then I start listening to this type of music and then I go back to this but listening to this you know because I had to you know because I had to take notes I was like god damn you know uh, uh, you know spoiler alert this is really fucking good and, you know, this kind of reminds me of the Armored Saint uh, I mean the Armored Saint uh, the uh, Iced Earth review we did mm. you know it, it was another one of those bands I was always on the fringe on and, and just never really like dove in uh but after listening to that Night of the Storm Rider, I was like, I need to make time for Iced Earth. And listening to this album, it's like, I need to make more time for Armored Saint. Because already, I, I love that fucking voice. I love the John Bush years. And it took a lot because Joey it was my favorite singer of the of, of the big four. Uh, and I thought nobody could replace him. But the, the second I heard only, I was like, okay, this is no Hagar shit. You know, we're in good <laughs> Hagar. 
we're in good hands with Allstate here. You know, this is going to fucking work. And I saw that many, I've seen Anthrax with John Bush many times. I've still never seen Anthrax with Joey Belladonna. And I've never seen uh, Armored Saint, but I would love to, especially after listening to this album. Uh, and I, I want to dig even further, but this was a great, uh, great pick, Brian. And I know you even gave us some leeway. You know, you were like, if you want to talk about a more popular album, we can, yeah. do, th- we can do that. But I was like, no, that's exactly what this show is about, is, is doing shit that other people ignore, you know, and trying to bring attention to it. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I knew no matter what, this is the album to do. Cool. And, and, and there is one song in particular on this uh that I owe you a ton of debt to because there is one song on here that just blew my mind so much. I was like, God, thank you, Brian Davis. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, who knows if I ever would have got around the way I am. I might not have ever. This album in particular, you know you know what I mean? Uh, it's like I probably would have delved more into the, to the classic era ones and left this for last or if I ever got to it. And, and there's a song that, like, changed my life tonight that I had to listen to multiple times before we recorded it was so fucking good that's so. awesome and that, and that's why i wanted to pick this album because i think most people knew the, the early stuff right. the stuff in the 80s and probably symbol of salvation right. but this is one you forget so and and you know uh, another thing i gotta i gotta bring up is i know it's the one album that ralph really didn't care for was my first like true true introduction was la Rasa. Mm. and 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 i i loved that album so much i was like Wow, you know, because I listened to it all the way through when I first got it from Mr. X. And there's a song on there called Chilled that, I mean, just really fucking touched me. I mean, I know it sounds gay, but it's like musically it stuck out. It caught my attention right away. But I listened to the lyrics and I'm not a I'm, I'm really not a lyric guy. A lot of times if I, you know, I, I mean, I appreciate good lyrics, but a lot of times like the only way I learn lyrics is if I've just heard the song so many times. It's almost my my subconscious, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but they were lyrics that I thought, you know, spoke to me as a, as a, you know, forty something year old metalhead. Just like really touched me. I was like, wow, this this is really where I'm at right now, uh, you know. So I definitely need to dig more into this band. And then uh, and again, great pick. Thank you, Ralph. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um... I, I discovered Armored Saint like when the first album came out. I saw Can You Deliver on Night Flight. Now, I never saw Can You Deliver on MTV, ever. But I ended up getting a, a boot, uh, one of those bootleg videos that had the video on there from MTV. I was like, fuck, they must have showed it once or twice, you know? Uh, it wasn't really heavily rotated. This is a band that really, and that was their peak right there. Uh, Armored Saint during March of the Saint was uh, like one of these bands that was like, this is a band to look out for. This is an awesome band. And, you know, I ran out. I bought March of the Saint. Absolutely fell in love with that album. Then uh, they released the next album, which I thought was even better. Produced by Max Norman, no less. Yeah. Delirious Nomad, which I flip-flop. That's usually my favorite one. Then it's Symbol, and sometimes it's Raising the Fear. But at the moment, as we speak, Delirious is. And I was like, oh my God, this fucking album is historic. And it did nothing. They didn't make a video for it. Chrysalis totally dropped the ball with this band. They really didn't promote them at all. All you saw was maybe a magazine ad for the album. But they didn't promote this band at all. I mean, at all. 
and it was such a crime, you know, and I'm like, this album's awesome. Now, I gotta admit, the fucking, um, the, the album cover sucks. You know, yeah. What the, What's up with that album cover? I mean, wait, wait, which I, one? Which one? It's got like Billy the, Idol the, looking guy. Delirious. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said in that uh, DVD. Yeah, um, yeah, he's uh, Delirious Nomad. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. terrible cover. If you if you flip the album over, not that it's great or anything, but I think the back cover is way better. Yeah. Even though it's a little too busy, but I I, I was like, man, you should have made that the cover, you know? Like Raising Fear is a cool ass cover. Yeah, uh, yeah. You I, know, you even have a shirt. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, March of Saints kind of cheesy, but shit, it's still better than that. But it's it's metal, I, and I got to tell you, I didn't really care for this album cover because I was like, what the fuck is it? You know, I think that that could have been a contributing factor to why I put it back. I know that sounds crazy, but it could have been. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, actually, and then aftermath could have been a huge hit because that is, that's a damn near perfect song. The aftermath is their stairway to heaven. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's their, it's their epic, fucking amazing fucking song. Yeah, and that that song alone should have propelled them. That's why I feel like Armored Saint to me is the most underrated band in the '80s. They, to me, I mean, nothing against Anthrax with John Bush. I absolutely adore White Noise, and I like most of Stomp. After that, they just fucking lost me. But they, they're no match, dude. For me, it's like Armored Saint is like way better because they're more uh what's the word i'm looking for you see look here here's how how i equate armored saint against anthrax if you listen to anthrax it's you know just by listening to it you know the main the main people in that band is scotty and charlie and even during the john bush years he contributed to the lyrics Mm -hmm. but with armored saint Every single fucking member matters. You can hear it in the music. They're all, you can't listen to an, I defy you to listen to an Armored Saint song, any given song and say, oh, this member shines more than anybody else. It's like, it's, it's a, it's an equal component where they're just all on the fucking money. And you can tell because these are guys that went to elementary school together. That's they're right. like, they're, they're so fucking, you know, in tune with themselves. And it's so much better than Anthrax, and it and it really, really fucking makes me sad to think that this is a band that didn't make it, and Anthrax did. And nothing against Anthrax, because I know I bash Anthrax here and there, but I do appreciate Anthrax for for what it's worth, you know. But they're no match for Armored Saint. Armored Saint is so much better. So uh, fast forward, and all through the '80s, you know, uh, Raising Fear came out. Wow, you know, and that was. At least Chrysalis put them on MTV for a concert. That's as far yeah. as that one went. The yeah. Hell on Wheels show, they showed that. But again, no video for it. Um, then uh, they, they get dropped. They go to Metal Blade. They, they released the, the really cool uh, Saints Will Conquer uh, live album. Mm-hmm. It's more like an EP. And uh, then they go they do Symbol of Salvation. That's the most promotion I've ever seen that band get. And they were on fucking Metal Blade. Two videos. Yeah. I saw, I mean, they were on Hard and Heavy. They were on a lot of shit, you know, but it didn't really do well because it was just, that was the part, that was the time when music started to change a bit. And, you know, Jane's Addiction and right. Chili Peppers and REM were like the big thing. And people were starting to shift away from metal, which is a shame because if Symbol of Salvation would have been heavily promoted, 
you know, by Chrysalis Records or whoever, a major company, I think it would have done way better. So then, um, it was heartbreaking for me because it was on Headbangers Ball, Lawn Friend, uh, used to have a little segment on there. Oh, goes, yeah. Uh, rumor is John Bush from Armored Saint is going to be singing for Anthrax. And the, my first reaction was like, oh, no, that's the end of Armored Saint. I mean, but I kind of saw it coming because it was like, dude, this is a band that just releases quality album after quality album and they ain't making a dent. So this, you know, it must be tough for them. I mean, I, I kind of just, I already knew by the time of Symbol Salvation that this band's not going to make it because I don't think you can make a better album than this, you know? Yeah. So then the reunion happened. Fast forward to many years. And my good friend, David Love, David Scott from down here in South Florida, who I met online because of Armored Saint. We were part of the Metal Sludge Board, and we were talking about Armored Saint, how much I loved it. Then we became friendly, and then next thing I knew, the guy lives in Florida. I was like, holy shit, we got to hang out. The very first time I met David Scott, because he lives like about an hour north of me. The very first time I met him, he got Revelation, and this was on cassette. He didn't have, we didn't have wow. CD burners back then. No, he, he act, not like an actual cassette of the album. He, oh. he taped it for me. Oh, hmm. okay. But this was before the album came out. So this is like pre-leakage. But wow. it was it was a leakage. He ended up getting... This guy's good friends with Joey Vera's wife. You know, he's, he's like a really cool dude. He, he's just an, one of the best dudes I ever met in my life. And he traveled all the way down to Miami Beach. And he came to my store where I was working at. And he gave me the cassette. And I was like, oh my God, New Armored Saint. And boy, when I heard that first song, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is my band. They're back. It was amazing. And it didn't do anything, but still, we got another album out of it. Exactly. And what, what uh, Ian was saying before, it is true, man. I didn't like La Raza, but it has grown on me. Because I, for a while, I, you know, when people would say, name one band that never made a bad album, I'd always say Armored Saint. And then when La Raza came out, I was like, all right, this one. But you know what? It has grown on me quite a bit, actually. And I've given it many, many more chances. And I like it. I don't have vinyl. Mm -hmm. So now I can gladly say again, Armored Saint has never made a bad album. I, and, and once again, you guys are much more uh, familiar with their catalog than I am. But I, I, I think they had multiple things going against them. First and foremost, they were on Chrysalis. Yeah. But... Here you have a band that's really starting to make its way in the second half of the 80s, playing traditional metal, which was big in the first half. And as we all know, the second half was the rise of the cock rock. And, and thrash. These, and, and, yeah. and thrash. And these guys played <coughs> neither. They, yeah. played they played traditional metal, and they were on a non-metal label. Uh, you didn't have the pretty boys or nothing like that so it's really all you had is the music and what I get when I listen to these guys I love it it's traditional metal but I hear so much different shit on all their albums yeah. like if, if, if I heard Armored Saint like, like an instrumental version I couldn't tell you like oh that's Armored Saint you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it, it's like it's great. It's great metal, but certain bands like oh, you you know, if you heard instrumental Van Halen, you would know it's Van Halen. You know, or different bands like that. You know, 
where, where you hear a guitar and, okay, I know who this guy is or a certain drummer, and you can say, oh, I know what that is. These guys, I mean, it's traditional metal, but they take so many chances all over the place. It's They, they don't have, to me, a signature sound other than being consistently good. You know, so maybe that's that's part of it, too. I mean, not that that's really a bad thing, but it's just, there's just something that doesn't stick out, and it reminds me of what Gene Simmons said about Blue Ocean Cold. He's like, I love that band, but they don't, you know, they don't have this identity. Like, you know, Kiss had the four guys, you know. Blue Ocean Cult was just a group of guys that made great albums, and they were all different, you know. So there's not that one thing that sticks out, and it's a damn shame because... Uh, I gotta agree with you with underrated because I have not heard anything shitty from these guys. Well, I gotta yeah, tell yeah. you this: as far as Armored Saint goes, what you were talking about identity. The problem is there is an identity to Armored Saint on select tracks. There's some tracks that doesn't really like. Like, I'll go through it when we go through this album. There's certain songs like I'll tell you this right now: it takes a few songs for an uh, identical uh, a song that really, really encompasses. Armored Saint on this album. When I, when this song comes on, I'm like, now there's that fucking Armored Saint groove, you know, right. from the '80s, like uh, Over the Edge, um, Tainted Past, yeah. you know, shit like that. Like these, those type of songs, they're Tribal very Dance. Armored Saint. Tower, Tribal Dance, great example. It's got that groove. But yeah. then they got songs like Underdogs and you know, uh, Mutiny on the World, and which is not doesn't have the groove. So. There, there's a certain section of Armored Saint music that's very identifiable, and then there's some that are kind of like, and, and they're all different, but they're more metal. They're more, you know, traditional metal, where these other songs, where they take these chances and left turns and they add funk and groove to their music, that to me is the, the Armored Saint core, you know, of, of their music. That's how I feel about it. And, and this album song. has it. Yeah, and they have, and they're great slower songs too, like Tainted Past and Take a Turn. Isolation. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, so good. And, and I, I'm really fucking jealous that you guys got to see him live because, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've I've seen John Bush multiple times, and that dude is a fucking performer. Yeah, I mean, a sa- front man. A oh, real yeah, front man. He sound he sounds amazing live. He's active, and every time I saw him, whether you know. Anthrax, you know, because I saw him doing good business. I saw him doing shitty business. But that guy left it all on the stage every time I saw him. Never saw him pout or bitch about crowd size or anything. He went out there and just laid it all out. Didn't matter if he was singing one of his songs or one of Joey's songs. There was no, no pout, no bullshit. That guy gave it his all every fucking time. And man, does he have... A voice, and nobody sounds like John Bush. No, that's a, that's a quality. I, I mean, there's so many goddamn Robert Plant clones, and you know David Lee Roth clones, and you know Paul Stanley clones. You know what I mean? But nobody that I can think of sounds like John Bush. And, and there's and, so many idiots out there. Hate to cut you off, Ian. No, I'm hey, sorry. Did you get that joke? <laughs> um, uh, there's so many idiots out there when John Bush joined Anthrax saying, oh, he's an Eddie Vedder clone. I was like, I don't hear it at all. No. Eddie Vedder, of all people? No, if, any, I, if I, anything, I he's... Yeah, I think he's more like Steven Tyler or, you know, stuff like that. You know, that's, you know he's got yeah. that rasp. 
Yeah, he's got that power, that power yeah. voice. You know? well, the thing is, I can't think of anybody. I mean, to me, I just hear, I'm like, oh, God, and John Bush. I don't think of anybody else but but that dude. And I love his lyrics, too. I'll tell we you a funny story. We got to get him on the show. We got to. Yeah, he knows me. I mean, it'd be great to. I got to tell you a funny story was when uh, I saw White Noise about four times that tour. And my buddy was doing a show. It was, um, it's that same festival you used to go to, Ian, in North Florida. What was the name of it? Um, you used to always talk about that festival. Well, Anthrax headlined it. And um, in up in water, some, well, Zephyr Hills, Florida. Ian must have left. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, my buddy was working the show. So I ended up, go, you know, going backstage. He helped build the stage and shit. So mm-hmm. I'm in the back waiting to meet John Bush because I've only met him one time before on the Symbol of Salvation tour. They played a floor. They, they, the funniest story is they played Fort Lauderdale and there was about 15 people there. And out of those 15 people, there's like seven people I'm now friends with that That's I didn't awesome. know back then. Uh-huh. I didn't know them back then. And I was so pollutedly drunk that I videotaped myself with John Bush and Joey Vera in the back. Anyway, so... Um, you know, and soon after, when he joined Anthrax, I go, oh, I want to meet John Bush. I want to tell him I'm that guy that <laughs> videotaped him, you know, and this and that. And uh, out comes Charlie uh, and, and Scott come out. And the and, I, and I'm walking up like, you know, where's John? And while I'm walking up to them, the security guard's like, hey, 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 go back. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, if I wanted to go up to them, you know, I was like, <laughs> I mean, I like them, but I was like, I'm looking for, John came out alone with no security. Yeah. And I was like, hey, John. He's like, hey, what's up, man? I go, dude, I'm the guy in Miami with the videotape. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, I remember you. And then then I met him. Every time I met him afterwards, he was like, hey. And then then finally, he started calling me Ralph from Miami. Hey, Ralph from Miami. <laughs> now, the last time I met Armored Saint was the last time they played here with Queensryche, where mm-hmm. I actually bought a VIP thing. It was 75 bucks. You get to go on the bus. And when he saw me, he's like, hey, he forgot my name, but he knew me, though. Right. He still remembered me. He's like, hey, you, because I didn't see that guy until we come for you all. You know? Okay. Which was a good 10 years before that. But that's my story. Yeah. And, and I've I've hung out with that guy many times. And he did an ID for, for our podcast, which I will yes. play, which you already heard. It's in the beginning of the show. Awesome. Oh, great fucking guy. Awesome. Yeah, one only one other thing I wanted to say about Armored Saint is I, I always thought they were kind of like caught in between. Like they weren't as heavy as like Metallica, but they were definitely heavier than Rat. And there's like yeah. nobody knew where to put them. And but as you said, they got that groove that no other band had, and that's nope. why I think they're, they're the best. Yeah, you know, I mean, they had that groove before Pantera. Pantera made it yeah. really popular, but they had the groove before Pantera. They were, to me, they were like the first groove metal band. Oh, I agree. You know? I yeah. feel, you know, and they, and there was funk. There's, you know, you, you dig deep. Oh, totally. Like, over the edge had a little funk feel to it. And this is shit before, you know, the, the funk explosion happened with Chili Peppers and all that. These yeah. guys were very much ahead of the time. But, you know, but at the same time, you listen to Armored Saint, when they get metal, they sound European. They don't sound oh, like totally. an American band. Right. They sound like a European metal band, you know? Right. Which like is a, another a, thing I absolutely love about them. Like a good metal band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you and go. To, and to Ian's point, you know, part of their sound, like maybe not sounding always the same, is, you know, we'll probably get into this more, but Dave Pritchard, the original guitar player, 
you know, wow. he was on the first three. Yeah, and he was on the first three albums, and then he passed away. And then you you had this whole kind of whole new uh, band kind of um, yeah. after that. You know, so I, I think that might have played into them never having one singular type of sound too. But I Dave Pritchard what, was awesome, and I, I love what Jeff Duncan's brought to the band too. Oh, totally. Jeff Duncan is another class. I mean, everybody in Armored Saints super cool. Unbelievable band. You want to get into this shit? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Brian, why don't you take the first track, Pay Dirt? Yes, I mean, this is an awesome opener. It's kick-ass, high energy. It's right out of the gate. You know, if you've been waiting for nine years since Symbol of Salvation, this is exactly what you want to hear. Um, John Bush is just roaring on on this track, and as we've gone over, he has got the... You know, the quintessential heavy metal and hard rock voice. Great opening riffage. It's got this like kind of like garage drum sound to, to kick it into gear. And then there's a really cool breakdown with Joey Vera, like doing some oh, cool yeah. bass fills. And then it goes into a ripping solo. It's just the back and forth of Jeff Duncan and, and Phil. And it's it's just, and, and they do it all throughout the album. So it, it's a great way to start the album. Ian? Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I was very curious. Uh, you know, to hear what the first song would be, because I told you I put it on my phone, and there's one other song I don't think it was paid or, uh, but, but I liked. But I was like, let me hear what this is, you know, because thanks to you, I discovered the awesomeness that is Symbol of Salvation. I'm like, ah, where do they go from here, you know? And then you hear this, like, okay, <laughs> you know, this they haven't lost it. I mean, this is a great way to pick up, great way to start it off. Uh, definitely knew i was in for a good uh good trip on this one after i heard it yeah i love it great opener yeah brian nailed it perfectly you know you waited nine years and when you hear this song it's like oh fuck yeah it's worth the wait yeah um it's just a great example why i love this band way more than anthrax you know it's like it's just such a great way to open a reunion cd it's a slamming song that just bashes you overhead and then it goes into that what Brian was saying with the with the little bass and the little funky type guitar part, yep. but it still keeps the vibe of you know oh shit, and then it just blasts off again into like you know how the song was before that, and I fucking love this song, and I'd have to say it is my favorite track off the album, and the only song they played wow. the last time I saw them off this album. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Pay Dirt. Yeah, yeah, nice. Oh. All, All right, right. Uh, the pillar. Yep. Ralph, why don't you take it? All right. Uh, I love the intro with the trading riffs, like, on each speaker. Like, yeah. You, know, you hear one riff on one speaker and then the other riff on the other speaker. And this is traditional metal to the fucking bones. And it's, again, John Butch just belting it out. Ben is so unified on this. And it's like, I fucking love this band. What do you think? Um, this one I, I, I thought was okay. Spoiler alert, there's no song on this album that I hate. There's just some I like more than others. And I think, and, and, and trust me, this is going off one listen. So I can I can only see my appreciation for songs changing and increasing. Uh, but this one, it's like after Pater. I don't think it's as good as Pater. But it, it, it's not a bad song. I just don't think it's as good as Pater. It was originally written... Uh, for the movie Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, which the band is in playing Hanging Judge uh, yeah. in, in the movie, uh, but it, it, it wasn't used. Again, 
not a bad song. It just didn't grab me as much as Pedro. Well, yeah, I, I, I would agree as well. It's not as good as Pedro, but I got to say, this is definitely probably my top five on this album. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and like I said, this is after a first listen, so shit could change. But I tell you what, I don't think there's a shit song on here. That's for damn shit. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Brian, but yeah. I don't think they played this in uh, San Jose. No, I want to. From what I recall, I thought they played three songs. I thought they played Pater. Um, after I, me comes the flood. I know. Yeah, and I think they played Creepy Feelings. I think they did. They yeah. did. They actually did. Yes. But we'll get into those too. Uh, right. For the pillar, I mean, just like Wadzilla always says, oh yeah, I love this song. I love, Ralph <laughs> said the, the back and forth between, you know, the two speaker channels and, and it's awesome riffage. It's total ear candy. This song, great groove. This is exactly what Armored Saint is great at. And, you know, I love John Bush's screams on this one. Really killer. The outro solos are really good on this too. So, um, yeah, they just knocked it out of the park with, with the first two songs. Oh yeah, no, and then and then they fucking another fucking home run with the next one. Take the next one, Brian. Okay, yeah, this is my favorite song on the album. So you have three. I don't. I don't blame you. Yeah, this is so good. Three heavy groove rockers in a row to start this album. This is. I couldn't ask for anything better. This is classic Saint, in my opinion, and could easily have been on any of the you know Dave Pritchard era you know albums. Nobody has the rasp and heavy swagger in metal like John Bush. He he still got it. He sounds like a heavier Steven Tyler to my ears. I love the pre-chorus where it's, you know, there I go, there I go, and I'm loving it. You know, like, just great yeah. shit. And then, um, you know, it, maybe this is a precursor to him getting into Burger King. You know, they do it your way, I'm loving it type of thing. I don't know. But uh, the back and forth guitar work is just so good. And uh, and then it kind of grinds slower and slower to like a heavy chug instead of just fading out. Awesome. Yeah, just so it slows good. down. It slows down with that heaviness. Yeah. It's a so, fucking crushing song, though. Yeah. It's yeah. mid-tempo, traditional metal godliness. And my favorite part is where John goes... After me, after me comes the flood, and he does his godly scream, and then goes even higher. He does. Oh my God, that to me is like, that's why John Bush is a god of metal right there, right there, and a humble god of metal. Like that. But that fucking scream right there says it all. Right there, if you, you cannot. There's no doubt. When it comes to hearing that, that you think to yourself, this guy is godly. And the thing I love the most about that scream, it's so organic. It's it not like, you can tell, it's not like, you know, uh, it's clean. It's it's like soulful. It's like he's pushing it out of his soul. You know, it's not like, oh, let me get technically good. There's no technical about it. It's all emotion. It's all fucking raw emotion. Just like the band. I mean, this guy fits so well. So this music, it's sickening. Yeah. And if you want to hear a live version of this song, get the, the compilation nod to the old school. He, he does this song. Which, it's I, a, which, which I love. And I have, yeah. Brian, I don't know if you have this one. Mm-hmm. I have the two-disc version. I have that one. Yeah, it's got okay. the demos from uh, and, Symbol. Yeah, and it also has um, a song I fucking absolutely love, uh, You Can Run But You Can't Hide. Oh, oh yeah, from the uh, Decline. Of uh, Decline. Oh, yeah. my God. What a great song that is. It and is. I told that, and when I got drunk, uh, when I first met John Bush on the video, when I'm all drunk, I said to John Bush, I go, dude, that part, what was yours is now mine. 
He fucking started cracking up, and then I looked at fucking Joey, and I go, dude, release, bro. Because if, you know, the release has a bass solo. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the song, instead of guitar solo, it's a bass solo. And they were both just cracking up, going, dude, this guy's fucking wacky. <laughs> but, and, and I think, Ian, this is the song you mentioned to me before that you heard. Oh, yeah? I, I think so. But go ahead, tell us what you think. Now, I, I have to say, again, uh, you, you know, it was one listen. And maybe I was distracted or something. Uh, to me, I, I, I liked the song, but it I didn't grab me as much as you guys. Uh, no, And again, there's no song that I didn't like. It's just some reached out at me more. But that's like any album, the first time you get it. You know, it's just going to grow on you. I didn't hate it, but... You know, the pillar and after the after me, the flood didn't get me as much as Pater, but I still like the song. But then we go into tension, which holy shit, this is one if I remember correctly starts out with Joey Vera on bass. Yes, yes. yeah, funky uh, bass uh, intro. Yeah, who I love, and I'm also a fan. Another band that I'm not that familiar with, but I actually know more of the Joey Vera era albums with with uh, Fate's Warning, and I enjoyed all that I heard that. Joey was on, I enjoyed all those albums. Uh, so I, I love his bass playing and, and this song really stuck out at me and made me stop and pay attention. Because when I listen to these, you know, I put headphones on, that's the best way to listen to fucking music. I got my pen down, but you know, sometimes I'm looking on blabbermouth, I'm doing this. But there'll be songs that make me stop and go, oh, okay. Pay attention to this shit. A little bit more. I love tension. I think it's yeah. a great fucking song. Uh, what do you think, Brian? To me, Tension is like classic Sane again. It, it could have definitely been on Symbol of Salvation. You know, I remember first listening to Revelation at this point and almost being pissed off because it took nine years to get this amazing album. You know, they just knocked out. The first four, actually the first five songs we'll get into, they're all perfect in my opinion. Yep. Nice, Ralph. Yeah. yeah, Tension, what a killer bass intro that goes into that classic armored saint groove the mm -hmm. first time it shows up on this disc you have a little taste of it in the middle of painter but here it is full-blown armored saint groove and i worship that saint groove so much yeah it's got that funk metal that for me never really worked for any other band except for armored saint and the first uh mind funk album i thought those guys really got a grass little too they just have this in the blood you know nothing forced about it. it doesn't seem forced it's just it just gets me moving this is one tight ass band as evident on this song because like what i was saying before every fucking member is on the front line there's nobody in front of anybody they all contribute perfectly equally to this song and tension is again one of my favorite tracks off this album yeah all right i'll, I'll go i'll go into the next one a creepy feeling now, this is the only song on the album that I knew before the album came out because I have this demo from mm -hmm. a compilation CD somewhere uh, th before they reunited, and uh, it's it's a demo, and I don't I'm not sure I could be wrong. I think David Pritchard yeah. played on the demo. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's for okay. uh, for Symbol of Salvation. Yeah. Okay, and it, again, it's classic Saint sounding, great vibe to this track. I prefer this version than the demo it has mm. it's a little more i don't know i think it has a little more oomph to it because the demo is kind of you know it doesn't really sound like a good recorded demo 
But uh, it's a cool tune, I gotta say. It's it's not one of my favorites on here, and I would have picked different songs to play live than this one, but it's still a cool tune. I ain't, I ain't saying nothing bad about it except what I just said. Mm-hmm. I like the song. It's really cool. What do you think, Ian? Uh, I think it's good. Uh, at this point in the album, I would say it's my least favorite so far. Uh, it, this and one other song that comes up later... Uh, were originally demoed with Dave Pritchard for the writing sessions for Symbol. Uh, and it, it's it's one of those cases where, like I said, I don't hate any song on this album, but I think because I like Tension so much, it might have like seemed like more of a letdown where if I get more familiar with this album, I'll probably grow in my appreciation for it. But I love Tension so much, I think kind of hampered you know what I wrote down for this one again. I like the song, just not as much attention. Right. All right, Brian. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is terrific power metal, and I love the chugging riffs and the chorus is infectious. And I, you know, John Bush kind of nails it. And I really dig the effect that they put on when he's saying like creepy. It's like kind of like underwater almost, and then he goes into feelings. It's pretty cool. And then again, you guys both mentioned this was one of the two songs on this album that was actually demoed. Um, before uh, on Symbol of Salvation before um, Dave Pritchard passed away and I can't speak more highly of uh, the guitar work on, on this album it's just so good and then Gonzo is just drumming his ass off as he always does like he is just so good on this and I have no complaints with the first five songs and, and I couldn't be happier with the start of this album alright cool da- yeah. Ian why don't you take Damaged alright Damaged uh this one really stuck out when it first started. I was like, okay, here, here's, you know, a left turn. You know, this is a little bit different. Uh, but I dug it. I, I, it's got a creepy kind of vibe to it. Uh, and I just like that it was something different. You know, I, I love diversity in albums. Uh, you know, some shit, of course, the Ramones and ACDC, you want them all to sound the same and good. Uh, but I, I love seeing a band like this. Uh, stretch out and do something different and just had like a cool vibe to it. Uh, my only thing with this song is it's the longest song on the album and I feel it could have been trimmed down. Yeah, uh, exactly. And it, like, like I said, it's not that I hate the song, but I think it's uh, almost Iron Maiden-ish in the, in the fact that you know, you don't want to flog a dead horse. I, th- I, I think if, they, if this could have been a four minute song it would have been much more effective. But I yep. like what they did here, and I like that they went out of the box. I mean, it's, it's definitely a good song. And, and again, I, I love the diversity, the different light and shade that they bring with something like this. What, what do you think, Brian? Similar? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with you. There are no bad songs on this album, but if I had to pick my least favorite, I think this might be it. It's a bit too plodding and, and kind of way too long for me at six and a half minutes. And I think if the, cor- the chorus gets a little repetitive, and uh, I think it was, again, like you said, two minutes shorter. I, I think it would have been a little bit better. I never skip over this song, but I kind of zone out when it's on. So what do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I, it's got a slow, heavy groove to this one with the, some sick, crunchy chords. And it really does have this dark vibe to it. And again, like going all the way back to Delirious Nomad with, you know, a song I keep bringing up, Over the Edge. Uh, this is a band that, that you know, makes their albums like a roller coaster. Um, I, I, I gotta admit, though, the chorus is a tad lazy. 
mm -hmm. uh, repeating the word damage over and over again. Yeah. That, but that's a small price to pay for the rest of the song because I really like that acoustic breakdown. If you take that out, it would have like ruined it for me. I think it's really badass. And I actually love this song. I, I really don't have a, a problem with the length of it. I just, the only thing I can say is like the, the chorus. But I, I, I love this song. I think it's a great song. Yeah, I totally, um, I'm glad you brought up the acoustic part. That was pretty cool. I love that part. Yeah. And uh, why don't you bring up, why don't you talk about Den of Thieves, Ryan? Cool. So to me, this is what gets the, the album back on track after damage. I like the fade in guitar intro. It's really cool how it builds. And then Den of Thieves is a really kind of mid-paced rocker. And in this, just like Damage, there's a kind of acoustic guitar touches thrown in before the lyrics start, which I kind of like. And uh, I really enjoy the call and response, back and forth vocals on this one. And then they return to acoustic guitars in the outro. So that that's pretty awesome. And, and this also kind of reminds me, part of the guitar licks kind of sound like something that could have been on Symbol of Salvation. Uh, Ian. Uh, this is the song, dude. This is the fucking song that, you know, I, I owe you like a 12 pack and, <laughs> nice. and, and like 20 minutes with Ralph's mom, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, because why not do it twice? Uh, you know, 20 <laughs> hey. minutes. Tw hey, hey, I do it twice. 20 minutes. Your mom is good. Uh, no, I, I, really... I wish I could say the same about your mom. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, I, I too much teeth. <laughs> but, uh, but no, dude, th this song, seriously. Uh, this is one of those songs I, I thank you dude I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart that you turned me on to this that, that, there's a chance I could have never heard this song Brian if, if you wouldn't have picked this and it was just it was so so good and to me to, to hear a band that's this long in the tooth even though they you know they broke up for a while to do something that's different and I mean, to, to me at least to my ears very different from what I know from Armored Saint and the guitar work and, and as soon as I heard this I wanted to look at the writing credits because I know the majority of it's all Joey Bear and John Bush and uh, Jeff Duncan was involved in, in the writing of this and, uh, and and the last song Damage as well and I was like oh my god the guitars are so good you know and uh, 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 Tension Smension I don't even remember <laughs> Tension anymore this is now the crown jewel and spoiler alert, this is my favorite track off the album. And like I said, you know, my favorite part of doing doing not only this show, but my radio show is turning people on to something new that, like, gives them that excitement that you don't always get. You know, there's certain songs you'll never forget the first time you heard them. Well, my friend, I will never forget hearing this song for the first time and then having to hear it again. And then after I played the whole album, I played it again. I really really love this fucking song so so thank you brother for this uh that's awesome that's yeah awesome. no really i mean this is like and, and this is like when i heard chilled it's one of those ones that just jumped out at me and like i don't even know the lyrics yet for this song but just musically i was like man i just love where it's going the fucking uh you know the challenges it's taking and it just sounded so fucking good I love it. Thank you very much, Brian. Favorite track on the album. Sweet, sweet. What do you yes, think? Yes, another crusher, I think, but more melodic than all the songs that came before it on this album. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Last Train Home, Homage, mm -hmm. a little bit. Kind of reminds me of has, but heavier. Yeah. Um, 
And this one, I guess you can call filler unless your name is Ian Wadley, but, you know. But, really? You know, this is, this, no, 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 but I'm not uh, saying that's a bash oh. because, oh. you know, obviously they never played it live. And, you know, this is, you know, as far as like when you, you know, I'm a part of a lot of Armored Saint groups. I never see anybody like post this song up. I have actually, um, but um, it's definitely killer filler, you know, for the Armored Saint heads. Yeah. And I love the melody on this one. The melodies on it is what really hooks me. The, the way the, 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 the vocal structures are on this song is just phenomenal. I absolutely love this. And yes, it's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah. Definitely nice. a great song. Control Issues. Another, what I would consider, killer filler track. I love the line, we hate people we don't like. It's so to the point. Um... This is a band you can tell has no one member with control issues. Yeah. You know, a killer vibe of unity that makes this band so special to me. Every member shines on every fucking track, even on the killer fillers like this one. No one is slacking. No one is carrying the weight. And for a filler, this has to, this song for a filler track, it sometimes gets stuck in my head. And that's something filler tracks never do to me. Uh, sometimes I, I get this song stuck in my head. It's happened on occasion. I, I love this song. Great, great song. What do you think, uh, Ian? Uh, just going by the title, I kind of have a feeling this is the song I talked to you about. But the problem is listening to the album as a whole. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't know if anything would have worked for me after, you know, uh, after Den of Thieves. I was just so like ah. Like, no matter what, it's like going from fucking over the hills and far away to hot dog. Like, ah, <laughs> ah. And, 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 I mean, that's kind of a bad analogy because, because you know. Yeah, because hot dog rules. <laughs> no, because this song rules and hot dog sucks. But, uh. Hey. I know, I know. My feelings, dude. I know, I know. You'll get over it. Uh, but, it but, but, no, I, I like this song. Uh. Again, I didn't hate anything. It's a good song. Just to me, uh, it, it did sound filler coming off of Den of Thieves. And I, and I purely think it just has to do with, you know, coming after a song that, like, really caught my attention. I mean, like I said, it's a great sign when like, there's no song that makes you want to, like, oh, when's this going to be over because I want to hear the next one. It's just like, that's good. I just like the other one more. So that tells me my appreciation is only going to grow. So, Troll Issues... Not bad, just not Dennis. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, this isn't a bad song at all. To me, it actually kind of sounds like a John Bush-era Anthrax track, like something that could have been on Volume 8. And uh, I like it better than Damage, uh, but I don't think it really pops like previous tracks. I also think having three songs in a row that are over six minutes long kind of caused the album to drag just a little bit. Um, but, you know, especially you knocked it out of the park with the first five songs. So uh, I never skip over the song, um, but it just doesn't stand out like the others. Then, yeah. And, and another thing we have to point out is this is smack dab in the CD era of albums. You know, it's 62 minutes and 13 seconds. If, if, if you trimmed a couple songs off this, I don't think any album should go at over 10 songs unless it's a fucking double album. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think it could have been a tighter, more cohesive album. Most of my favorite albums of all time are like under 40 minutes. Yeah. Know? Yeah, actually, actually, that's what I do when I record albums. It's like, dude, nothing over 45 minutes. That's yeah. not all. It's, 
All my releases are under 45 minutes. It's a great roll of thumb. Great roll of yeah. thumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, yeah, because I don't want to, like, overdo it. Uh, I'll, I'll do oh. the next song if you want. All right. Okay. Yeah, No Medida. Yeah, so on my version <clears throat> of the CD, the back cover says limited edition bonus track, but I have no idea if later versions actually removed this track or not. I was uh, not aware of that. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that either. Okay. Uh, but in any case, the, the lyrics are all in Spanish, which is awesome because three of the five members in the band are Hispanic. And so, um, you know, when bands kind of try stuff a little different and comes off as forced, it doesn't here. It's a pretty cool curveball. And again, that's what makes Armored Saint unique to most metal bands. And I love the kind of the Western movie vibe of it, kind of like an old Clint Eastwood spaghetti Western. And I have no idea what the translation of the song is, but it doesn't matter to me because I can imagine this, you know, what crowds in South America or Asia feel like when English speaking bands are performing in their country. And then they're singing along to the to the song without knowing what the lyrics mean. That's how I'm how I am with the song. But I think it's just an awesome curveball in this amazing album. Now, uh, I'm aware, you know, Gonzo and Phil are brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, who is the third member that's like uh, Joey Vera? Very, very. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I was I was not aware of that. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right, yeah, and um, yeah, a Spanish sung tune with a Latin flavor to it. Uh, Mexican folk music, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, this one I got right away as I was raised by a father who was more into Mexican music than Cuban music, believe it or not. Mm. For me, it's kind of a novelty tune, but fun and a great addition to this disc for, again, a different flavor. Yeah. Uh, it's the first Saint tune like this musically and you know, obviously lyrically. Uh, going to the roots of some of the members, and I, I really dig this tune. It's it's fun. It's I I, I I see this song as a fun song. Yeah. You know, a little veer to the left, but it's fun. What do you think, Ian? Uh, well, I was doing a little research on this album, and I saw that it said uh, it featured their first track that was ever recorded totally. Uh, you know, in another language. I was like, oh, well, that's that's, that's kind of weird. You know, I'm sitting there looking at the uh, song titles. I was like, oh, it must be No Me Digass. That, <laughs> that must be Spanish, you know? And, and I, I hate to sound like a Trump voter, but I was like, God damn it. Can't everybody speak fucking English? What year is this shit? And I was so prepared to fucking hate this song. I was like, ah, God damn it. And then I heard it. And I was like, Fucking A, is this badass. This is my third favorite song on the fucking album. Yeah. I love this. I thought the only song I liked in Spanish was the one sung by my favorite singer, Thrash or Die, Rouse Dad. <laughs> that is awesome, by the way. I just, I just picked up Melting Your Skull. And, and that oh, is did you? Thank, yeah, thank yeah, you so I, much. I got them on Amazon, so luckily I got um, Poser Holocaust, too. And... Uh, yeah, oh, that's, that's out of print, by the way. You got I know, one of the last ones. You can get it on my Amazon. So, um, thank but you, yeah. dude. I appreciate it. No, it was it was my no, it was my pleasure because uh, that was super cool. I thought it was your dad, but I wasn't sure. And it's just it's it's so cool hearing it, and it just it flows. So, yeah, because I was you know my whole life I heard that voice in the shower and everywhere else. My dad will fucking like if we have a family gathering, my dad will grab my mom and start singing her song. Mm -hmm. And I was always so impressed by that voice. It's like. Man, it's like an opera singer. He's just, he's just amazing, you know. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I was like, man, I gotta have him do something on the record. And we, when we did the Anti Castro song, I said, how cool would it be for him to sing a song about where he's from? Because there is, my my where my my dad is from, 
in Cuba. It's not a very well-known place. It's a little tiny fucking farmland place in deep Cuba. And uh, they actually wrote a song. I found it on, on uh, YouTube, too, the original version. And uh, one of my proudest achievements, and I just put this on Facebook the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. Was I actually played that song live in front of 8,000 people in Colombia. And I just stood there and I watched, you know, obviously nobody was moshing or cheering, but they all were listening, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I'm just looking out thinking, dude, my dad, you know, is here singing to everybody, which is, you know, something I grew up with going, man, why isn't my dad famous, you know, with that fucking voice? Oh, Where I love I actually, it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I kind of felt like, you know, like justice, you know, like my father needs to be heard by a lot of people. And that's the main reason I put it on the CD, but also actually to witness 8,000 people listening to it where, I, you know, maybe they didn't give a fuck at all, but it meant the world to me. And I stood there to watch the footage and I, all I did was like stare at the people while the song was playing. Yeah. And yeah, it means a lot to me. I, uh, I, I love, I love the fuck out of my dad. Man. Uh, I, I, I love it too. And, uh, man, uh, he, he just knocked that apart. It reminds me like a diver down when you hear Jan Van Halen. On, yeah. Uh, yeah. Big Bad exactly. Bill. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, one question I have for you, uh, Ralph, about Closer Holocaust. Was Piranha actually on the original album? Because No. Okay. No. Yeah. Oh, you got the one with the bonus track. Yeah, because I'm like, what the fuck? There's more songs on this. This is awesome. I know this. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, I, I inked the deal, with, and it's a really good, good deal I made with this uh, Thrash Corner Records where uh, they said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to press 1,000 CDs, mm-hmm. and then we're going to send you 150 of them. And, but they didn't pay me a penny. They didn't, uh, you know, there was no. But but when they run out of a thousand, they need my permission to print up another thousand. Yeah, dude, dude, I really do appreciate you buying uh, my my product, bro. No, I love it, man. I got You got to support independent artists because you know they're the ones that uh, that do it the most. I mean, you guys, uh, you know, that, that's what I like to do. I mean, you know, it's easy to support the big guys, but it's more fun to support, you know. The, the ones yeah, that man. yeah right. yeah that's awesome of you dude i really yeah. appreciate it no problem cool bro all right no i already talked about this didn't i uh, no yeah. i don't think so or did yeah, yeah i did okay. yeah i talked about you know like my dad was influenced by mexican yeah. music yes so, yeah. yeah all right uh deep-rooted anger who wants to take this one not me <laughs> I- i'll take it uh right. not not bad uh you know again like i said i, I don't hate any song but Nomi dig ass was so fucking cool. I was like, ah, god damn it! Now I want to hear more fucking metal menudo, you know? <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, I, I I didn't. Again, I don't think it's a bad song. I just enjoyed the other one more. So you don't say. Yes, I do say. <laughs> uh, That's what Nomi diga means, by the way. Oh, oh, you don't say. Uh, yeah, again, not 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 a bad song, but uh. I, I think I need more time to digest this album, and uh, again, not a bad song, but not a standout song. Yeah. What do you What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I agree. I, again, I still hear a bit of uh, kind of Bush era Anthrax in this particular song, and I dig it. It's it's a good mid paced song, pretty standard, you know, Saint riffage, but uh, it sounds like a little bit of filler to my ears. But it, as Ian always calls it, killer filler. And uh, the title kind of sort of reminds me of something that could have been on Delirious Nomad. Not necessarily the song, but definitely the title. Uh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all, that's all I got for that one. 
Oh, killer filler. I love it. Back to the metal riffage with that heavy mid-tempo groove that I mm -hmm. love so much. This is a kick-ass deep track. I love the chords. I think it's catchy. And the middle section is so badass. I just love this fucking track. Okay, I'll take the next uh, one. What? Just a little thing to throw on there. That is the only one with a co-writing credit from Phil Sandoval. Oh, there you go. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, all right, what's your pleasure? Again, digging back to the past to revamp this unreleased track that I never heard. I never heard the demo to this. I, I believe this would be the David Pritchard one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other one. With, and he has and the this was, right on. Yeah. And this was during Symbol? Yeah. Yeah, yeah during you know, the, the writing sessions for it, yeah. Because, you know, it has, to me, it has a vibe of March of the Saints, like, like the real traditional. Because March of the Saints was a, was the most one-dimensional album they had, even though it's not one-dimensional, but it's compared to the other ones. Yeah. But uh, I read an interview where Joey Vera said he was not a fan of this track. Really? Well, yeah, and I uh. disagree because this kicks all kinds of ass. It's one of the standout tracks on this album for me. This song is my pleasure. It's <laughs> up-tempo, traditional metal, and it's my number one favorite form of metal is that up-tempo, traditional shit. Uh, and this song, it, it has it all over it. What's your pleasure? Fucking rules. It fucking rules. Love it. Uh, Ian? Uh... Yeah, I, I found it odd that uh, the song, The Pillar, is the one that they wrote for Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, because What's Your Pleasure is a line from the first Hellraiser. You know, when they're mm. giving them the box, like, what's your pleasure? You know, and you're supposed to... Ah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you open the box, and then it fucks you all up and shit. But uh, this one, again, not bad, but didn't st stand out to me. I think I was still in awe of uh, Diggis. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but but I like it. Again, this is now I'm looking forward to revisiting. Like, now I'm glad it's on, uh, you know, on my phone, and this will be an album that I'll actually go to and listen to it in its entirety, just, you know, not wanting to wait for Shuffle. Uh, not a bad song, but again, it wasn't a standout track, but hey, that could fucking change, because nothing on this album sucks. What do you yeah. think, Brian? Yeah, I, I love this song. This song is awesome, sounds exactly like Classic Saint, and obvious, for obvious reasons. And this totally would have been right at home on Delirious Nomad. Personally, I, I kind of think they were smart to kind of save this song for later in the album because then it's all of a sudden, where the fuck did this come from? You know, that type yeah. of track. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I, I kind of get that vibe too because they're like, let's put like this rip-roaring metal song toward the end. Yeah. Because they were taking a lot of twists and turns after uh, after Me Comes the Flood. Yeah. So if they would have put this early in the album, I think it wouldn't have been a good choice. And yeah, exactly. And this is the only one that does have a writing credit from uh, David Pritchard. That's right. And one of two songs that has a writing credit to uh, Gonzo. No Me Dig Ass and this have Gonzo <laughs> as a writer. So there you go. Yeah, again, great guitar work all the way through. And this is my second favorite song on the album. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah it's my it's my third. Yeah. I would say pay dirt after me comes a flood and then uh what's my play? Wow, yeah. Those are my three, I'm three favorite tracks off the album. I'm really surprised that more love for Den of Thieves. No, I love it, dude. It's just yeah. not as much. Yeah, know? no, I no hey, it's all cool, man. As long as everybody digs the album. Fucking no, out. it's yeah, it's awesome. Uh, you wanna take the last one, Brian? Sure, sure. This definitely um this upon my departure. 
kind of has a tainted past sort of vibe, which was on Symbol of Salvation. Um, and that was also the second to last track. Oh, it was the second to last track on Symbol. And I love that song. Uh, I think this is a terrific way to kind of end the album. The percussion from Gonzo and his tribal style of drumming is, is apparent on here. Such a great song. And, and uh, yeah, I don't know. This might be my third or fourth favorite song on the album. You know, once the song ended and I just wanted to listen to this album over and over again, I just couldn't get enough. And yeah. Uh, and it pretty much remained on repeat listening when I first got this back in 2000, you know, for the rest of the year. It was totally my album of the year. And uh, and then again, it took another like 10 years to get another <laughs> Armored Saint album. But um, yeah, this is a great way to end a terrific album. Nice. Yeah, uh, uh, go ahead, Ian. Uh, again, is the minute this song started, I was like, okay, cool, cool. Another little departure. But then I, you know, I kept thinking back to Den of Thieves. I, I was like, <laughs> which, which, Den of Thieves been the one to end the album, you know? And I was like, I, you know, my mind started drifting to that. But then it's like, this song made me pay attention to this song. Yeah. And, and again, this is one, uh, it's Vieira Bush and Duncan the same, but Den of Thieves and Damage. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I wrote this with them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Vera, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, I really liked it, and as the song progressed, I fell more and more in love with it, and and came to the conclusion that yes, this is uh, the perfect track to end the album. And you know, and what you said, Brian, is is what I love in an album closure so much is a song that makes you want more. Yeah. You know, like like oh god, why can't there be another song? Or fuck, I need I need to like fucking hit play again. Because this, this is so good, I, I like it. A beautiful way to end the album. Another nice detour on a, in my opinion, a terrific traditional metal album. And I so regret putting this back in the bin and, and not buying it back in 2000. Because, goddamn, I, I would have had fuck. I mean, it's almost 18 years since this came out. We're looking at damn near 20 years since this came out. I could have been enjoying this fucking shit. Yeah, but, it's you know, insane. <laughs> be- better, better late than never. And again, kudos to you, my good man. Um, you know, because who knows if I ever would have got around to it. But thanks to you, now I, I have another go-to album that, that I want to listen to. And it just makes me want to check out fucking Armored Saint all the more. I really, really fucking enjoyed this album. Awesome. Again, awesome. Some, some songs more than others, but not one song that made me want to go next. Uh, and, and, and that's incredible and very rare, uh, you know, in an album that's this long, uh, you know, 12 tracks, not one fucking, okay, skip. Oh, yeah. shit, this is Revolution number 9, you know, or <laughs> this this is Hot Dog, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, it's like, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, no, uh, again, thank, thank you, brother, and I'm so glad that I went with my gut instinct and said, no, we're going to do... Uh, Revelation. We're not going to do March of the Saint or, or awesome. whatever. And I would love to do those in the future, but uh, but yeah, my gut instinct was yeah that that's that's an album that kind of came and went. There was a little buzz about it, but you know not enough of a buzz. And it's so unfortunate that more people don't know that. And I hope they listen to this because when we do episodes like this, I mean we have that core audience yeah. that fucking you know the hardcores that listen to everything no matter what. 
You know, and then we got those kiss bitches that only tune in for the fucking kiss episodes. <laughs> Even if it's a shitty kiss album, they're they're fucking there with their knives and forks and shit. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, this is one I, I not only because I feel it's been a great episode, but it's just a great album that you know learn from my mistake. I should have picked this up years ago. If you haven't heard this, I hope when you hear the songs in the background as we're talking about it, you know, or. Or maybe if you heard it, but, you, you know, you put it down and you haven't picked it up in a while. Please check this out. This is what this show is all about, discovering or rediscovering classics like this. And, uh, again, dude, I thank you so much, brother, for having the good taste to pick something like this. It's, it's awesome. Amazing. Thanks. So, I mean, yeah, I picked this for the same reason I picked Pride and Glory a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. They're just unforgotten. They're forgotten classics, and they shouldn't be. So... So. Pride of Glory, that one has my favorite song on Crimea River. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, all right. Upon my departure, again, I, I have to agree with you guys. What a great way to end the album. It ends the album with, uh, again, this one I think is the most diverse on the album. Uh, it, really go- it really has lights and shades and all over the place. I absolutely love this song. I have nothing bad to say about it except one thing. It's my least favorite on the album. Wow. Really? Really? And I love it. And I love it. Wow, well, that but says yeah. something. That says something. It's, it's my least favorite. I, You know, looking, you know, because I did listen to this today, and I was like, God, what would be my least favorite on here? I go, I guess upon my departure. You know, it's, it's tough to say it, but I I liked uh, Damaged more and, mm. and Deep Rooted Anger. You know, I like those songs a little bit more, but this one is just a hair less, you know. So, yeah, that's what I have but, to say about Upon My I, I mean, if you love it, that's like saying that's the worst blowjob that ever made me come, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes, And exactly. I, I don't know if any of you are familiar with this track, but there was a bonus Japanese track called Shadows that was written with... Uh, Dave Pritchard and John Bush. Has, what? Yeah, is anybody familiar with that song? No. Yeah, yeah I, I never even heard of such a thing. You heard about this, Brian? I, I, not till like later, like a couple years later, and it's on right. YouTube now. But it really doesn't sound anything like what would what's actually on Revelation. Oh, okay. So, yeah, definitely go check it out. But yeah, I gotta uh, look into it. I mean, yeah. there, Armored Saint song, I'm not aware of because yeah. I basically have like I have demos upon demos and. You know, I have a lot of Armored Saint stuff. And yeah. I thought I had everything, you know, unless it's unreleased, you know. I wish if they go on tour again, they do, like you said, You Can't Run, uh, You Can't Run, because that's that's oh my God. so good. That'd be amazing if they did it. Yeah. I, half the audience probably wouldn't even know, but it'd be worth yeah. it. So. Hey, it's You know, just for the fact that Joey doesn't like What's My Pleasure, yeah. makes me think he probably doesn't like that one. Pro- you're probably right, yeah. You know, so I don't think that'll ever happen. But. Yeah. What a great, and you know, I just saw them last year and fucking A. They completely destroyed Queensryche. Really? I'm not just saying this because I like Armored Saint more than Queensryche. Queensryche really had a lame set list. Mm. You know, their set list was not really, I mean, they threw out a couple rare ones like Surgical Strike and shit that was cool. Yeah. But they really did like, I don't know, they were heavy on Empire and I'm not a big fan of that. Okay. But Armored Saint came out and just bashed the fuck out of everybody. Relentless set, relentless, and they played Pay Dirt. That's the only track they played from this album that night. But at least they played it. You know? Yeah. Did they tour Florida with Saxon at all? 
No. No, okay. the only two times they've been here was Symbol. Okay. And, and that time. That only okay. two times. So that's why I had to travel to San Jose to see uh, see the Revelations or Yeah, I think since they're all based in L.A., they will go up to Northern California every now and then. So we do, uh, I, I do get to luck out. And, and one, one thing I'd like to ask you about, Ralph, and, and this album is so elusive. Uh, Mr. X can't even find it for me. <laughs> really? Wow. Like, but you've got uh, the recent live album that they put out. Uh, uh, yes, I have it on... Um, oh, Bob, that's what you say I'm, you can't find. Yeah, I can't find that. Uh, yeah, that's... I, I'm dying to get MP3s of it so I can play it on my show because I love that album. Yeah, I have uh, the vinyl version, which I got off their... What do they call that? Kickstarter or whatever the fuck it is? Yeah, yeah I, I, I got the CD, too, because I, I paid more than I should have, but it was it was worth it. So. What, what, what do you, wow, what do you, maybe what, you what should you rip it and send it to me, man. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, no problem. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, no problem. Uh, what what do you guys think of it? Is, is it I good? love it. Yeah, I love it. Sounds great. I think it's what, great. What's the it's... set list? Does anybody have it handy? The uh, only problem it's probably too short. I mean it's it's like Yeah, it, it is too short and they consciously made this album not to repeat any songs off Saints Will Conquer. Exactly. Yeah. And this album wasn't really supposed to be released. Yeah. Uh, it it was only meant for the Kickstarter thing, just for the fans. Yeah, yeah, and, but, and the weird thing, like you go on Wikipedia, they don't even list it. I was like, damn, you know? Yeah. Because I, I know you can buy it off the Metal Blade website, I believe. So uh, I'm looking uh, on I'm looking on Amazon now. You can get it on Amazon for ten bucks on CD. Okay. okay yeah. But I I'll, I'll be more happy that. to send it to you guys, though. Yeah. No, yeah. That, if you could send it for now, yeah. Yeah, I'd love, uh, I'd love to like, hear. It. It, it, it's a great live album, but yeah, like uh, Brian said, it is too short. Uh, I feel like they should have like added more on here, but the you know to have aftermath live is fucking worth the price of admission alone. And stricken by fate, stricken by fate. Yeah, I forgot that. Now there's a fucking groove song. Yep. You know that that song has a serious fucking groove. Yes, it does. It kind of reminds me of like a heavy metal Aerosmith. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's so good, but probably my favorite track off March of the Saints. Mm-hmm. That fucking song. Yeah. Um, Amazing band, dude. What, what can I say? Yeah. They're just the shit. Well, and I, uh, I hope you guys end up doing their whole discography because they deserve it. Oh, so. uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna do it with you because you were at that <laughs> San Jose show. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just for the fact that you were at the same show with me on the other side of the fucking country. Oh man, I could have yeah, never imagined. Enough. You know. <laughs> plus, yeah, yeah. plus the fact wild. that Bill Wang doesn't like Armored Saints, so we'll always have you. <laughs> no way. He did, really? That's that's shocking, and, and, actually. And and I guarantee he's not hearing our voice right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might take him a while to get to this episode. <laughs> uh, you know, if he's not on this episode, he ain't going to do it. <laughs> we always about that. Bang, but, bang, uh, bang. Well, he, he's admitted it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but no, he I, I know for a fact he has listened to, you know, he does listen to episodes he's not on, but sometimes it takes a while. He loves us. He loves us. Well, how fitting is it that from the band who gave us March of the Saint, this was released... March 7th of 2000, produced by Joey Vera, not Vieira, as, as I previously said. Uh, and yeah, man, it kind of, there was a little bit of hype, but unfortunately it kind of went way under the radar, like most of their career. But man, better late than never. I found it. I hope all the listeners find it. Uh, and uh, I know it's still available. I don't think you can get it on vinyl, but you can get it on CD. Or through Mr. X. So I suggest 
by any means necessary, check out Armored Saint Revelation. Definitely. All righty. Yeah. Well, now it is time to go into pick of the week. And uh, as you are a special guest, Brian, what you got for us? So again, I'm going to go with a band that is definitely a cult favorite, and I'm going to pick an album that I would assume most people don't have. And the band is Badlands, and the album is Dust from 1998. So oh, I've yeah. been—I'm a huge fan of the first two official Badlands albums, the 1989 self-titled, and then Voodoo Highway from 1991. Jakey e. Lee just shines on those albums, and his guitar playing is completely different than what he did with Ozzy. Um, it's more like 70s blues rock based than kind of the 80s metal of Ozzy. Um, Ray Gillen, so underrated, tremendous voice and range, and he, he sh they should have been huge, he should have been huge, um, but unfortunately the band really never took off and, and they didn't sell a lot of albums, which is a shame because they put out two of my favorite uh, rock albums. And uh, so Dusk is basically comprised of unpolished demo tracks that was supposed to be their third album recorded between 1992 and 93 but unfortunately Ray Gillen passed away from from having AIDS and uh, the album was never finished these tracks um, basically are amazing because they're demos they're unpolished demos and you'll hear people always say like I really like the demo better why didn't they just stick with that and in this case this is exactly what you get it's raw it's awesome and it just shows how, how what a great band they were so if you're a fan of the first two Badlands albums you need to also have Dusk in your collection, yeah. and I think you can still find it on Amazon and iTunes. That's one I definitely need to check out because I'm a huge, huge Badlands fan, you know, of Voodoo Highway. And the first, I remember I was so excited because the, the first one came out on my birthday. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Jakey e. Lee is my favorite uh, Ozzy guitar player. And uh, Ray Gillen does do the vocals on all of the songs. All of them, yeah. and, and oh, I'll okay. be happy to send this one to you too. So. Oh, oh no, 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 I I have it, but it's another okay. one of those. I don't know why, but I never got around to it. Maybe it's because I thought like, oh, it's demos. Maybe it's not that good a quality, and it's always one of those I'm gonna check out, but you know, gets put on the back burner. Um, uh, you know, again, you know, hey, I gotta take your advice. You always pick good shit. So, <laughs> no, but I, it's because Voodoo, Voodoo Highway is really raw. It to me, it sounds know, exactly like Voodoo Highway production wise. So. I, I, I love Voodoo. Voodoo Highway was a bit of a grower on me, but man, yeah. when I when I grew into it, I was like, God damn it! And I just I love Jakey e. Lee. I love his style. I, yeah. You know, it's just you know unique to me. I oh, and and it's interesting because he has. You know, he has the, the Ozzy sound when he plays with, with Ozzy. Right. But that, you know, and there's a little bit of that that does go with Badlands and, and Red Dragon Cartel. And I've even got, uh, I've got Fine Pink Mist and, and another solo album that he did. And I've, I've never got around to him, and I don't know why, but I, I need to check him out because I love him. He's a fucking Jakey Lee. Great. Yeah. Well, I think that, that other album you're talking about is cover songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, but uh, but man, great pick again, and uh, and it, I was lucky enough to see him three times. Uh, wow, yeah. yeah, two times with Eric Singer, and the last time with Jeff Martin. Nice. And the last time they played Speed King, in the Deep Purple song. No way. And yeah, dude, and fucking that I never saw Jakey e. Lee rip as much as he did on the Voodoo Highway tour because oh. they were really Badlands. Uh, you see, I saw him two times headline, and one time open for. I believe it was Tesla, Great White, and Badlands. I believe wow. that was the lineup. Nice. And uh, but they, when they would headline, they were they were very much a jam band. Mm -hmm. uh, they would they would take these long like you know Deep Purple-ish 
like jam sections and like, I remember when they did uh, uh, Whiskey Dust yeah. Whiskey Dust from uh, Voodoo they did like this really extended jam in the middle of that song good shit yeah great band <laughs> one thing I'll, I'll never forget I, I think I mentioned this to Rob but you might not know this Brian uh, somebody that's in our Facebook group that is friends with was it Greg Chassain is that how you say his name yeah the bass player yeah yeah so you know I always put up uh the cock rock classic or crap, and I, I put up dream dreams in the dark, and somebody tagged Greg in, and he's like, "The fuck is this shit? This is bullshit! Why do you call this cock rock classic or crap?" And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm sorry." I'm like, "No disrespect, dude. I love this song. It's just kind of your commercial song." Yeah. <laughs> and he he never came back. Never said shit. Never liked nothing. I never seen him again. <laughs> and I was like, oh ah. man. Oh, yeah, fuck. there's some people that don't get it. They just they don't get the humor of the page. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, and, and it is true. I mean, it is very cock rockish. It is. I love the right. hell out right. of that song. But it's like the only cock rock song they ever had. Right. You know. And, and they and you know uh, we've talked about this before. Like Jake wasn't even a fan of the song. It was a song that yeah. that uh, and I love the fucking song. I love the shit out of that song. It's what made me go buy it. Yeah. But uh, it was a video. But but, yeah. but it is a a poor representation of the band even though it's a good song it's like there's so much more than that you know they're they're high wire you know yeah. when, I th- when i think of fucking you know badlands i think of something like that or winter's call i think of yeah rumbling train and yeah, train and yeah. Uh, oh yeah ball and chain. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and i love the story about uh when they're recording uh voodoo highway yep and and uh and jake uh said hey why don't we do fire and rain Right. And, and Jake meant the, the free song "Fire and Rain," "Fire and Water," or fi- and yeah. uh, and uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Ray Gillen started singing, uh, uh, you know, the James Taylor song, and, yeah. which is an amazing cover. I mean, very soulful. Great, great, cover. Yeah, yeah, great cover, and uh, yeah. So, so if any friends of Greg Chassains are listening to this, tell them to come back. <laughs> We're big yeah, fans. we don't think of them as a cock rock band. Yeah. No. yeah. I'm, Definitely not. They were far from it. They were yeah. more blues braced. Yeah. Uh, jam band, you know. And cock yeah, rock can... doesn't necessarily mean bad. Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I have two picks of the week. Uh, first pick, an album I was very scared about uh, because of the producer, but I'm a huge fan of Queens of the Stone Age. But their latest album is produced by Mick Ronson. Or not, yeah, is that his name? Or Mark Ronson. Uh, and you know he's produced a lot like Bruno Mars and fucking uh, Lady Gaga and shit like that so I was like oh no no what's he gonna do to this really cool band uh, and he does bring a different element to the album as far as production and stuff but to, to my ears it's still Queens of the Stone Age I miss you know the uh, all the light and the shade you would get from having uh from having Nick in the band and, and having Mark Lanigan do a couple vocals here and there. Um, but I, I, I still really dig it a lot. I think it's a quality record. Uh, fans I've talked to on, on Facebook that like Queens of the Stone Age, I've only seen one guy who didn't like it. The rest of them all kind of said the same as me. They were really worried about the producer, but they ended up enjoying the album. Uh, I, I think it's really good. I hope they come here on tour. Unfortunately, as of yet, they haven't. But I know he's good friends with a friend of mine who owns One Eyed Jacks, the club I took you to, Ralph. 
So I would love to see them there. Uh, but yeah, the new album is called Villains, and I highly recommend it. But as a second pick, uh, for fans of, of Armored Saint, or maybe somebody who doesn't know Armored Saint from shit, I want to recommend La Rasa because that is the that is, in a way, my first uh, Armored Saint album, and I really love it a lot. And I can't say enough how much, you know, I, I love the whole album, but the song uh, "Chilled" in particular really means to me, and it's it's what every time I hear that fucking song, it I reflect, I enjoy, and there's not a lot of songs that do that to me, you know, where you it just actually makes you almost reevaluate everything and look where you're at in life and uh, you know maybe you'll hate the song or it won't mean that much to you but check it out I think there's a lot of great songs Right Hook from Left Field Loose Cannon uh, all, all kinds of great tracks if, if, if you like this one man give La Rasa a chance because uh, I, I think it's, it's it's a highly underrated album from, a, from an underrated band and when hands down doubled what La Rasa sold so even Armored Saint fans miss that record. Yeah. And and I, I say give it another day in court, you know, because yeah. I dig it. Ralph, did you come up with one? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> look, you had two, so I'm going to have two. There you <laughs> go. Uh, yeah, uh, the Stranger, the first Stranger album. Uh, I don't know how many bands are called Stranger out there, but they were from Florida. Amazing fucking band where, unfortunately, the guitar player killed himself. But you definitely got to check out that first album. If you like, you know, your, uh, you know, like just rock and roll, but on the little more of the hard rock side, they were fun. They were great. Amazing guitar player. Totally recommend that. But I think I picked that one last week or the week before. So it doesn't um, sound familiar, but I drink a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. But uh, I, I, I'm going to say um, my second pick is a band from Canada. And uh, they released an album in 2014. I'm not sure if uh, they have anything else out. I, I couldn't find it. And and this, I can't fucking, I can't purchase this. Um, uh, a friend of mine burned me it. Um, because if you go to Amazon, this shit is like 200 bucks. Killer Dwarves. A CD. <laughs> a CD for $200. Oh, man. So get the fuck out of here. Wow. Uh, they're called Midnight Malice. Hmm. It's high yeah. octane fucking metal. It's total metal. When you have a song called "Sworn to the Horns," yeah. you know you're a badass. Yeah. Uh, it's it's called Proven Ground. I absolutely love Midnight Malice. They're fucking, they're godly, and that's my pick of the week. I, I think I think that's one you tried to have me have Mr. X fight, and I had trouble, or I could only find one, but it was a different one. I mean, Mr. X. Ah, yeah. shit. Cats yeah, out the you, bag. <laughs> Gee, I, I hope I don't. I, I remember to edit this. <laughs> There's no editing in podcast. That's right. It's all live. <laughs> Do it live. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, but, so, but, but check, and I, I believe I believe you had me check out a song of that, and I dug them. They're uh, great. They're great. Yeah. You like, you know, they're very, very heavy, heavy, heavy metal. Almost on a tinge of thrash, but but they're but it's it's catchy, it's melodic. A great singer, you know. It's not one of these, you know. It's good shit, dude. It's fucking awesome, and uh, definitely like you know one of those 
I just love discovering a band that sounds like that that are newer. Yeah, and, and I, I I did come in late with them because I discovered them either it was the, this year or last year, and they've been around. I mean, this album's been around since 2014. And they're mad from Canada. I mean, what the fuck you got to be mad about in Canada? You lost <laughs> the fucking hockey game. I mean, shit. No, it's not a it's not an album where it's pissed off. I well, mean, no, no, but I mean, but off. I mean, aggressive. You know, good aggressive. Yeah, it's of. very aggressive shit. You know. But so is Exciter and Anvil. You know? Yeah, oh, I love that. Oh, you know I love me some fucking Exciter. And what I the love, fuck are I they pissed up. off about? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, oh, Raven. Got... Right, Raven? Yeah, Raven. Yeah. No, 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 Raven's I... from England. Yeah. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. They're yeah. from Newcastle. Yeah. Got yes. it. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. That was so good. All right. Well, now it's time to go to Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week, once again, is Brian Davis, dude. And, man, I, I, I got to tell you, not only are you an excellent co-host, uh, you picked some really good out. Both Ralph and I have enjoyed thoroughly. And, uh, man, thank you for being part of the team, part of the page, uh, listening every week. And uh, why, don't, why don't you tell you know everybody a little bit about your podcast again? Sure. It's uh, called Damn Good Movie Memories. It's it's all about movies. We cover. We do a different subject every week. Uh, we did a really cool one a couple weeks ago about songs that were inspired or written about movies, not for the soundtrack, but for, you know, they saw the film and then they wrote it for their album. So some cheesy ones are like Neil Diamond wrote Heartlight about it after seeing E.T. And so he co-wrote it with Burt Bacharach. But some metal songs that we played were like Number of the Beast was inspired by Damien Omen 2. Yes. Yeah. Or, or no, and no, the Final Conflict. Final Conflict. Was, was it? Okay. And yeah. then um, like Welcome Home Sanitarium was inspired by One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, Symphony of Destruction. I did not know that. Yeah. Symphony of Destruction from Megadeth was inspired by the original Manchurian Candidate. Um, there were two songs, you know, Iron Maiden did Where Eagles Dare. Um, so right. did the Misfits. So there's a, it, it was a real fun episode to do. So we do stuff like that. And um, Hey, I wrote a song about Jaws, Twin Peaks. Exactly. Uh, Trick, Trick or Treat. And what's another? Uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I tell you, Ralph, Ralph and I, you know, and we already did an episode of, of his great new podcast, Vieira Vault, yes. available Which, on Which, you know what? I would Trigger. love to have... And, uh, I would love to have Brian on, and Brian, like, I like to have you on my podcast where we talk about the Armored Saint discography. There you go. But I love when you guys did the the movie podcast for for or the movie oh, episode, yeah. and that was great because one of the a lot of people oh, yeah. like that one. Yeah. One of the picks that you know, because um, you guys had mentioned my bodyguard. Well, I Breaking yeah. Away is one of those type of movies too. Yes. I absolutely love Breaking Away, and it's kind of that yes. late seventies going to the eighties coming of age movie that wasn't cheesy. Um, but yeah, so if, if, if you guys haven't heard that episode or any of the Vieira Vaults, definitely check them out because they're they're just as good as rock and metal you know, well, combat podcasts. Touch, touch, you. wink, wink, say no more. I would love to, to uh, guest on your podcast sometime because I am a, a movie aficionado. I, I have... I, I, I'm, I'm actually not. So <laughs> yeah, I think, no, I, no, and I love movies. And uh, like I know I said this on Vieira Vault. I was addicted to movies before, before music. Mm-hmm. But music has taken that away from me. Where I can I can sit there and do a, a podcast with you about seventies, but and maybe early eighties. But after that, I'm kind of like you know in the dark. And plus, I don't like Doctor Strangelove. So anybody that doesn't <laughs> like the movie Doctor Strangelove, you know they don't know they're they're not good for 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 movie discussions. Oh, I love Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, I know everybody does. All right. Well, now Brian is going to give us some questions, and this relates to his podcast. Y'all need to check out Damn Good Movie Memories. 
so uh, yeah, shoot us some questions. I'm excited. Cool. So the first one I'm going to go with is which movie do you guys wish had sequels but they were never made? Uh, you want to go, Ralph, or you want me to go? No, man, I'm trying to think. Okay, uh, definitely on my list was Trick or Treat. <laughs> which I there was rumors there was going to be a, a sequel to it was going to be made by WWE films wow. which that right there scares the living shit out of me and <laughs> to me you can't do it properly because the guy who played Sammy Kerr is no longer with us and right. you, you know I would have wanted it back then like within a year or so you know like Sammy's Revenge you know like where Sammy comes back and ruins Van Halen oh wait a minute that did happen <laughs> Uh, uh, we're talking uh, about Sammy Kerr. Uh, uh, but no, I, that was a movie I, I'll never forget. You know, that came out right as I was getting into metal. And I was like, oh my God, and here's a metal movie. It's like, I even have a movie to go see. And I, I went to go see like a Sunday matinee with my dad. And I immediately uh, made him take me to the record store so I could get the soundtrack. And I was just so enthralled with like, all the pictures I saw, you know, and that was the first time, like, I saw the cover of fucking, uh, you know, Megadeth, you know, and Exciter and all this shit and all the amazing posters he had on his wall that he ripped off. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, God, I'd kill for that poster. Uh, but, no, I really love that, and, I, and, and, and that's a movie. Ever since it's been released on video, I've never gone a single Halloween without watching. Yeah. I've seen it so many times. And I just bought a Blu-ray copy of it. Nice. Uh, it was supposed to be released in the U.S. through, uh, I think, Anchor Bay. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Anchor Bay has done a lot of good releases now. You know, it's Shout Factory. Or Shout Scream, Factory is the best. Scream yeah. Factory, yeah. They, they do an yeah. amazing job. But apparently there was issues with, uh, with the music to why this, like, 20th anniversary edition that they wanted to do years ago never came out. But... Mm-hmm. I said, fuck it, and I, and, I, and I bought a copy, an import from Europe, and it's a German copy, but it said it had, uh, you know, you know, you could watch it in English. And the picture is good, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's not the best, but it's, it's good. But if you click on the English uh, audio of it, sounds like shit compared to the DVD that I have. Hmm. And I was, I was so disappointed. And then the bonus features, and that's what I'm all about. I'm that bonus feature guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, my. And, yeah. and half the bonus features, you can't, they don't offer English subtitles. Like, there's a uh, whole thing about, like, metal in the 80s, but it's all in German, and you can't listen to it in English. I'm like, fuck, fuck. You know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't spend, like, too, too much money. I think I spent, like, under $20. Yeah. But, uh, but I was like, Fuck! I wanted those special features so bad, but yes, that that is a movie I always wanted a sequel for. It and the original soundtrack was all Fastway, the band Fastway. Yes, yes, my first introduction to Fastway. Yep. Yeah, love it, love it. And Skippy from Family Ties, who, <laughs> la- who later tried to fuck a former girlfriend of mine while he was in town to do a comedy show. No way. True story. Yeah, he he picked her up at a fucking record store and tried to fuck her. Mallory's pissed. Yeah. 
So do you, uh, do you have any other ones, or that that's the main one? Uh, I, just, I, I'll just give you that one for now. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say later ones for when I come on your show. Nice. Okay. Perfect. So I, I have a handful. Um, the, probably the best. Dazed and Confused would have been, would have been fun. I, I think one of the key things to making a sequel is you got to do it close enough to the original film. Um, because otherwise, if you wait too long, like with Blues Brothers 2000, it's just shit. So you can't wait, you know, a super long amount of right. time. Right. I think Jason Confused would have been kind of fun. You know, maybe maybe put him in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, Galaxy Quest. I would have loved to see a, a sequel of Galaxy Quest. Uh, I, unfortunately, ne- I, I, I never saw the first Oh, check it out. If you like sci-fi comedies, um, you know, Tim Allen, Sigourney yeah. Weaver, Alan Rickman, so good. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I'm, just, I'm not a Tim Allen guy. Okay. That, I think that's what turned me off. But I have heard good things about the movie. Maybe I need to give a chance. Yeah, even if you don't like Tim Allen, and there are, and I have a friend that's just like that too. She still likes that movie, uh, right? And, but I love Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman. Oh, cool. so good. Yeah. Uh, the other two, uh, Goonies. I, you know, I grew up in the '80s, so I, I always wanted a Goonies sequel, and they keep talking about oh. it, doing it, like when they're adults. But no. Oh, I, I, oh my yeah. God, I'm, I'm sorry, I got to cut you off there. Sure. Uh, just a, like maybe six weeks ago, I went and saw Corey Feldman. <laughs> performing oh my god dude and it was so funny like all these people i know like i'm like who's gonna go to this shit yeah all, all these people that i see from like all the metal shows around i'm, I'm talking members of crowbar we're yeah. at this fucking show because everybody wants to see a train wreck yeah and it was the place was packed you could i mean there was more people at Corey feldman than when i saw fucking saxon at the wow. same place <laughs> Oh, shit. And, and, and I'm just like, holy fucking I, overkill. There was more people there for Corey Feldman. Within two songs, I mean, just by every song, so many people are leaving. It was so, so fucking bad. You know, he's got that angel background band. And yeah. uh, and he's showing, like, uh, there's screens behind him. Uh, and they're showing, you know, like, shit from License to Drive and Dream a Little Dream. <laughs> fucking Lost Boys and shit. Yeah. All, all this shit. But it was so bad. But he was so into it. Yeah. It was, it was painfully bad. And and by the time I left, I was like, fuck this shit. I paid like 20 bucks. I almost paid to do a meet and greet. Oh, And I, I'm, I'm so glad. I, well, my old lady. And, yeah. You know, I was going to do it for her. Uh, but I'm so glad we did it. And, and we left before it was over. But it, oh, you want to talk about a train wreck. Holy shit. But I would was, love to see Goonies yeah. too. Oh, I wish exactly. They would have been better off just showing Goonies again instead of showing Corey Corey Feldman. Oh, oh, it was so bad. So. And bad. then the last one, and a lot of people have compared you guys to to this guy's uh, main era, Private Parts, with Howard Stern. You know, they ah. only they only go to like the late nineteen eighties based on his book, and then of course he came out with Miss America. So I would love right. to see a sequel. You know, part of the reason, you know, the first movie is kind of a love letter to his wife, which is now his ex-wife. But I think right. it would have been awesome. Because he ran for mayor, he's on Sirius Satellite Radio. I mean, there's there's two or three more movies in him, so I, I hope uh, they do a sequel. I, I I think it would be great, but I, I think what's preventing that, and I've often wondered that myself, I think it's because the first one was a success. He wants to leave it at that. I get that, yeah. You know, you know, and I think he doesn't want to take a chance of doing another one. And, and, and I still love, you know, I subscribe to Sirius because, because of uh, Howard. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, me too. But, you know, oh, and I just listened the other day when he had Manson on there. What a great fucking oh, interview. Hey, 
Yeah, great interview. But yeah, I think it's kind of like his day of being Howard Stern has kind of come and gone. And I, I think he, he just wants to keep it like he doesn't want to tarnish that shit because he's such it's such about his fucking ego, sure. you know. Uh, you know, but God, I'd much rather see that than fucking America's Got Talent. I'm so no, glad I'm he left. Uh, I, w- I was ashamed for him to do that. You know? I know. And I often masturbate to where we get famous off of this, get to go on Stern, and I get to tell him, like, why did you ever do that? It was so beneath you, you know? <laughs> you're fucking Howard Stern, and, and you're yeah, you didn't need money. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, but it's, he wants to appeal to a broader audience now, you yeah. know? And that, you know, that's the same thing Artie says about him now when Artie sure. goes off, you know? <laughs> Uh, and that was know, my so, favorite area. Yeah, as much as I love Jackie and and all that, I I loved when Artie was on, and I you know oh, yeah. I didn't lose interest, but Artie brought so much to the show. Shit. I I miss KC's gay ass. Oh, on show. Yeah. <laughs> so good, so good. Yeah, oh, I saw yeah. Artie doing stand up in in San Francisco a long time ago. He's just such a cool, down to earth guy. You know, that uh, he, he's awesome. I used to love when he'd do that horrible Brian Johnson, just go fire. Yes. <laughs> Always oh, a bit of a tot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So uh, love stirred and God, if we get if we get a compliment to him, you know, as like, you know, or compared, it's like, oh God, you know, but uh, but it's definitely an influence. You know, the Channel Nine show was a revelation oh, totally. to me. I, I've still I've got every episode of that. You know, I awesome. love it. Yeah, that's my favorite Howard Stern. There's the oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We 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 should do a thing on that like. Like rock stars that refuse to appear on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. <laughs> yeah. God, it'd be, how many fucking episodes would that be? <laughs> but I used to love that on the Channel Nine show, you know, and they give all the excuses to why why they wouldn't come on the show, you know. Yeah. Maybe we could get Larry Landville from fucking Mash, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Brett Ralph, uh, did you find out movies you would love a sequel to? Yeah, movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do, do, does prequels count? Sure. All right. Uh, that would be my number one choice. I always wanted to see a prequel to Scarface when he was in Cuba. Okay, because yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of unanswered questions in Scarface, like the Diaz brothers, you know, fuck Casper Gomez, fuck the Diaz brothers, like bury those cockroaches. But that happened in Cuba. Yeah. And, you know, and to find out how he got the scar... And well, well. A spoiler alert: He got it eating octopus. <laughs> no pineapple. Oh, pineapple. Was that what it was? You, you, you seen the TV version, uh, Brian? Oh yeah, yeah, how you, you, yeah. How do you get a scar like that eating pineapple? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, those were the days. Get, those were yeah, the days. Right. And uh, I would love to see a prequel to that. That's another a great movie thing. that another movie that I absolutely loved, but I hated the ending. <laughs> And I would like, and, and it's definitely open for, you know, for a part two. There's no country for old men. Yeah. Because yeah. that would be a nice one to see. Uh, and to a lesser extent, I would also say uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. What happens after that? That's I mean, true. One, guy, one girl that's still not a pod, and maybe there was more out there. Veronica Cartwright. Yep. Those are my three. Those are my three uh, pictures. See, see, Brian. That's why Ian should be on your show. He knows the name of that chick. <laughs> All I know is Jeff Goldblum and fucking Donald Sutherland. That's and a Nancy good. Allen. Was that her name, Nancy Allen? Yeah. Yeah. Veronica Cartwright. Her sister was Penny. 
I'm lost in space. See? More proof. <laughs> well, this is why <laughs> this you guys discuss duo co-hosting, you know? You play off each other, so. That's right. Ian knows all about movies. I know all about metal. There you there go. You go. There you so, go. Ian hates metal. I've never the, heard it. I'm not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so the next question actually goes along with Scarface. So what is your favorite mafia or gangster film besides The Godfather 1 and 2? Oh, hands down, got Goodfellas. Okay. For me. Yeah, mine too. For me, yeah, for me, Goodfellas, definitely. Yeah, that, that, that's one of those, I was like, oh, because I, you know, initially I read the question and I didn't finish it. I was like, duh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, and then I knew the obvious, uh, you know, answer would be Goodfellas, but I, I, I mean, there's there's so many good ones. I, you know, I also thought about, you know, Scarface to, to an extent is, is a movie like that uh i love donnie brasco yep uh you know there's casino casino no, i was oh, gonna I, say I, casino oh i'm a See, huge casino, casino fan huge casino yeah. i think casino i think is under the radar of how great it is yeah because of goodfellas yeah, yeah exactly no, I, but it's such a great fucking oh movie. i i i absolutely love love that fucking movie yeah and uh yeah it is very underrated but it's yeah, three I, hours and it doesn't feel like it either. It's a um, long movie. Well, I mean that that that's the beauty of Scorsese. You know, yeah. it, it's like, you know, when you when you can watch a movie that that you know, and the Godfather's are the same way. Totally. totally. You, you you can watch those and you don't feel, you know, you know, it's not like you're watching a period piece. You know, where it's like, oh God, it's like a five hour long episode of Downton Abbey. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like it keeps moving and you never want it to end. Yeah. You know. Uh, you just want to see more people die. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? But yeah, I, I, I think overall the consensus, you know, you have to give it to fucking uh, Goodfellas. God damn you, Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I know. know, come on, man. Hey, I like Dances with Wolves, but fuck. I, what, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it won the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, oh, it, it beat it for the Oscar. But you know what? I love Dances with Wolves. I've only seen Dances with Wolves once. Exactly. I, I've seen Goodfellas like fucking 97 times. Yeah. You know? right. Yeah, and, and another newer one, Scorsese, again, The Departed. The Departed's oh, excellent. amazing, yeah. amazing movie. And I love the old gangster films from the 30s and 40s. The original God, the original Scarface. Uh, yeah, I love that movie. Really well done. The James Cagney stuff, it, it gets kind of hokey, but, you know, Edward G. Robinson, Little Caesar, um, yeah. all the cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are all great. Um, the Cagney stuff, you know, with White Heat, and you know, all, all just they're all worth checking out if, if you like old old Hollywood. Nice. All right. So the the last one I have, and and this is fun. So this this is non superhero. What is your favorite movie villain? Hmm. Let me think of that. Okay. Uh, you, you want me to go? Yeah, yeah. Okay, my favorite, and, and I, I thought about this long and hard while I was taking a shit, because I was taking a shit when you text me. Best and, time to do it. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> let me think here. Uh, no, I was kidding. That shit came out real quick. It was a beer <laughs> shit. Um, no, but I am a huge, huge James Bond uh, fanatic. Yeah. So mine would have to be Ernstavo Blofeld. Would nice. be my and, and, and just that, you know, in multiple Bond movies, and he was like, you know, uh, you know, he was alluded to in other movies where he wasn't like the main heavy, but people were working for him and, you know, and just, you know, all the different 
you know, actors like Charles Gray and Donald Pleasance, you know, and stuff that, you know, yeah. that, that played Blofeld. And, uh, uh, so I, I just think he's a great villain, you know, for, for James Bond and villains, you know, in, in general, you know, if you're going with like non, you know, superhero bullshit. Right. You know? Or in Stavro Blofeld, that is my uh, pick for greatest villain. Great pick. All right, I'm I'm think I'm thinking here. Fuck, man, I be, I bet I can think of one better, but maybe not, because I think this is a badass villain. Fucking uh, Lawrence Olivier Marathon Man. Great one. Yeah. Is it safe? Yeah. Is it safe? Yeah. I, yeah, I think I don't know if I can think of anybody worse uh, that that I like more than him as a villain. What he was just flies awesome. pleasure. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and he, he's so like calm about it. That's what makes yeah. it yeah. great, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and this bears repeating. I don't. I, you might have heard it on the episode where I brought it up before, or maybe mm-hmm. it even got edited out. But uh, they, they had uh, who? I'm trying to remember who it was. I, I think it was Dustin Hoffman uh, that was on Larry King. You brought it up on my on my. Podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on his show. But yeah, but yeah, you know so. So Dustin Hoffman stayed up for days to get that, like, you know, feeling like he's being tortured for days and all this shit. Yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Olivier was like, Dustin, have you ever tried acting? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. wow, man, when you get a fucking cut like that from fucking yeah. Sir, Sir Lawrence Olivier, it's like, ah, shit, you know, I ain't shit, you yeah. know? It's like, I don't care if I was an Ishtar, you know, this guy, <laughs> this guy, you know, he's better. Oh. Damn, I forgot about Devereaux. Oh yeah. <laughs> how about how about Gene and Runaway? <laughs> oh man. Actually, Gene was really good in Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah, I love that one. I thought he was a great. He play, He was actually like a good actor in that movie. He really did. He was very convincing as a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. Good actor. Like Steve Gutenberg is great in Police Academy. Well, I thought I, I'm just saying in that movie. Oh, oh, yeah, no, he, he did great, and you know they they offered him the role of Sammy Kerr, but he said yeah. he said I don't want to be typecast. Ed Blackie Lawless was also up for the role of Sammy Kerr. Oh, that was nice. Yeah, and he was up for uh, for uh, Terminator Two as well. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. And supposedly, well, there's if you believe Black- Blackie Lawless. Yes, if you believe Blackie's version. Uh, that he didn't get the job because he was so much taller than Schwarzenegger. And I've met Schwarzenegger in real life. He's not that tall. I mean, he's yeah. not like Sylvester Stallone short, mm-hmm. but he's but he's not that tall either. I mean, he looks big on the screen. Uh, you know? I saw Sylvester Stallone when they, they filmed The Specialist, and there was a scene that was smack in front of my dad's hardware store. I was there. Dude, the guy is near a midget. He's oh, really, oh yeah, yeah. Really, extremely short. Yeah, yeah, but I was shocked how short he was. Yeah, but Schwarzenegger's not that tall either. Yeah, and and, and, and trust me, he he like he mean mugged me while he was filming. <laughs> no, I, I worked on Terminator Genesis. Oh really? And, yeah, and he and we got warned like, hey, when he comes out, don't look him in the eyes. Don't look him in the eyes. And I was working because they filmed it where I worked. And as an electrician, I had to be there, like, if they wanted lights turned on or turned off and shit. Right. They're like, you know, don't don't stare at Schwarzenegger. Don't stare at Schwarzenegger. And they wanted me to go do something. And he, he had this little gay Asian dude was was doing his makeup. And I couldn't get out the door. And I'm, I'm, like, waiting. I'm trying to be polite and not look at him. 
And finally, I, I was like, fuck, I got it. I'm like, excuse me. And fucking Schwarzenegger gave me this fucking look. And I'm like, motherfucker, you about as tall as me. And you're like fucking 70. Don't push it. You know, <laughs> I, you, you know, it's like three in the morning. Like, don't fuck with me. And, and, and the funny thing is, that was that that very next weekend was our first podcast. I had to oh, go no up. Way. Yeah, that that weekend, my buddy picked me up for work because we had been at work for like fucking twenty hours. Got to go home in five hours sleep and had to be back on set. I had him take me to Radio Shack to buy headphones because I was starting this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Terminator Genesis. I was there. Interesting. Artie go. Lang has a. We were just talking about Artie Lang before. He has a story about being on Jerry Maguire, and I guess he wasn't supposed to really kind of talk to Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise totally did the dick move on him too. There's a great story. I'm sure it's on YouTube, but um, you brought up like other actors. We do. We do have a past episode where we uh, talk about uh, actors that were intended for original roles. So that's kind of a fun episode. Um, but my favorite uh, villains. I'll give you a, a couple of them. Uh, going back to Sylvester Stallone, I love Mr. T in Rocky Three. Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I think he's better than Drago. I never felt that Creed was really a, a villain per se, but yeah, Mr. he was very likable. Yeah, actually. yeah. I mean, he's Muhammad Ali, basically. That's that was the yeah. and uh, you know, Mr. T was so bad. You need to partner up with Apollo to defeat him. So that's that's why it, I love Mr. It, T. The only villain worse than Mr. T was his son in Rocky Five. That's true. <laughs> you really hated that motherfucker. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, two other ones, uh, Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. I, I know that Hannibal's supposed to be the, the main, you know, one of the villains, but Buffalo Bill is so fucking creepy. <laughs> My favorite yeah. line, is she a big fat girl? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking line. Put the fucking in the basket. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, living in the 80s, uh, Karate Kid, Johnny, you know, oh, just yeah. he makes the movie. The Cobra Kai guys make the movie. And there's a great uh, fan fan film where they basically spin it and turn it where Daniel's actually the villain. Johnny's the good guy. Um, and so you, I'm sure you could find that somewhere. But uh, yeah, the, those are some of my favorite movie villains. Nice, nice, yeah. all, all excellent. And if you've enjoyed this shit, and why not, please check out Brian's podcast, Damn Good Movie Memories. Did I get it right this time? You did. Thank you so ah, much. Ah, there you go, there you go. Nice. Liquor be damned. We got an ad. Awesome. Well, now you are going to hear the plug for this awesome fucking uh, podcast and some other great podcasts. Here we go, Ralph. Plug it. Take it away, Brian. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, 
and Shohos comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. All right, this is the Ayatollah of Alcoholic, Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like, too. Check me out every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Soundphoria.com. I'll see you there. Hey, this is DJ Mac. I want to let you guys know about the podcast with my co-host DJ Metal Mike. Mind Over Metal. You can find us at mindovermetalpodcast.com. We're also on Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, just about everywhere else you get your fucking podcast from. Oh yeah, and we're also on uh, YouTube. So check us out for the best in heavy metal and hard rock music news, discussion and reviews. That's the Mind Over Metal podcast. Download it, subscribe to it today. 
Hey, headbangers, you want your own radio show? Well, you got it. On Thursday nights here on that metal station, join me on the Dr. Fuck Show. Go in the chat room and I will make you my co-host. That's right. Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks. Then I ain't playing it because my show rules. And only songs that rule is allowed right here on that metal station. The Dr. Fuck Show airs live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then they repeat it on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. Well, no, no, fuck that hope. I better see you there, motherfucker. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I... Look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast New episodes every Monday, exclusively on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. (laughs) All right. Well, if you enjoyed this fucking episode, and you should, and hopefully you have this fucking album like fucking an hour later, come back next week when we talk about it's another fan-paid-for album that we hope none of you buy. And if you have a copy, we hope you destroy it. What's that? (laughs) What the hell? Come back next, next Sunday to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Next is it safe? <laughs>